Sing that line again. Sing it, sing it, sing it. Holy, 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 Lord God. One more time. Sing holy, 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 Isaiah 6 and 3 says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with its glory. The whole earth is filled with its glory. Psalm 19, 1 and 2 says that the heavens declare the glory of God and that the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day he pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge to us through creation. Romans 1 and 20 says for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. And in these things that have been made, we have seen God. Without excuse, he's there. God is so good. God set this up so beautifully. This is the intro this morning to the word that I wanted to share with you. I'm like, God, I don't know what you want to do in this service, but I just sensed that there was something weighty that God was saying. I just, I love where you guys are at as a church. And so I think this morning, can I just, can I just share with you a few thoughts without interrupting the flow of what God is doing here this morning? You can take a seat. Ushers are getting nervous. Don't worry about the offering. We'll get it. Mr. Spencer is like, wait a minute, I was supposed to do announcements. Don't worry about it, we'll get to it. So many scriptures talk about the glory of God. In the tech department, you're all thrown off, don't worry about it. Oh, you're there. Can we show that last picture? Creation is so full of God's glory. This is the picture that's been taken. I want to say out my front door, but it's not. It's not been retouched in any way. Just, just, just look at that for a minute and just kind of let it sink in. God spoke that in a moment. We've all been in those places, right? At a mountain, at a beach, somewhere just you've just been overwhelmed by the beauty of nature. 
As humans were drawn to physical beauty and creation, and all over the world, people flocked to places like the Grand Canyon or to the Rockies. The grills are back with us this morning. They lived in the Rockies, but now they're back into flat New Brunswick. But people flock to these places. I'm going to Newfoundland next week for vacation, and I believe part of the reason I love going there is just the natural beauty of the place. It's amazing, truly amazing. And the human soul is drawn to physical beauty and creation. And I believe that, that we love things that kind of remind us that we're, we're small. We stand by the ocean and we stop to think about the vastness of that. Or we stand at the Grand Canyon. and We go to these places and we're just reminded that surely there's got to be something bigger. And this is all of mankind. It's not just us as believers just stir something up in us that there's got to be something mightier, bigger than me. But the ocean, the mountain, it doesn't solve the longing. It just helps us sense it, right? It can't be solved by creation in itself. C.S. Lewis said that nature creates a longing in the soul of man that it cannot fill. But the heavens are telling of God's glory. We read Psalm 19 and 5. That hymn comes out of it. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Verse 3 says, There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and the words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom, leaving his chamber. Like a strong man, he runs his course with joy. Just thinking about the sun, even, can be overwhelming. We are, I heard it somewhere, 1.3 million earths can fit in our sun, or something crazy like that. And we have a small sun compared to the vastness of space and all of the cosmos. And I'm like, God, wow. You chose this little speck called Earth to pour your glory and to bring your glory in and through. There's just something about the aspects of sunset or star-filled sky. Or we all do it. We all post it on Instagram, right? It just kind of draws us in. And he's shouting at us with all of this, with all of creation. He's just saying, I am glorious. Open your eyes. Can you not see me? To all mankind. The beautiful thing is that it's so much better to us as believers when we know Christ. We stop and we look at that and say, that is my God. And maybe you're here this morning. Let me just say this before we go on. If you're here this morning and you don't know my God, you don't know Christ as your Savior, Today could be your day. Today is your day. Don't leave this place without accepting Christ. He'll change your life. Living life without him is not living life at all. And you come into a place like this and you experience this kind of worship and the Holy Spirit is just so tangible and you're just kind of like, what is that? Maybe you don't understand it, but I'm telling you, God has something bigger than you've ever experienced if you've never walked with him a day of your life. So don't leave this place. We'll give you opportunity to accept him. You can accept him right now. You just bow your head and say, God, forgive me. I know there's more to this life than what I'm experiencing. If we had eyes to see the glory of God, we could look around this room right now, and the glory is everywhere. His glory is everywhere in this room right now. God, give us eyes to see you. We need that so much, more than anything else.
And we need to understand what the glory of God means. And this is kind of what stirred this, this little talk, we'll call it, this morning. Just me going back in my journal and just looking at what God's been hinting at me for the last three or four weeks. And ever since Pastor Doug was here four weeks ago, I believe it was, he spoke a word over this church. He spoke the word upgrade. And I've been asking God, what does that mean? What does that mean for me? What does that mean for this church? What does that mean on Sunday mornings when we come together? Or what does it mean for my family? Or God, what are, you, what are you saying to us? Pastor Doug shared that. He just felt impressed with God saying to him, I want to give glad tidings an upgrade. Not that what we were experiencing was bad or wasn't powerful, or, but just that it was time for more. And man, I've prayed that prayer the last three or four weeks so many times. More of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. I don't know even know what that looks like, but more of you. More of you in our services on Sunday. More of you in our prayer times on Wednesday nights. More of you when we gather backstage as a worship team to pray. And we can't get out here on time because God's Spirit is just moving on us. More of you. I've just been sensing God saying that that's what He wants. He wants us to see more of His glory. So I began to kind of unpack that. God, what does that mean? What is, what is your glory? We sing about it all the time. So many of our songs actually have it in there. I didn't realize it until I was looking at it this week. We sing, open up the heavens, and that part says, show us, show us your glory, show us your power. Your power, we can understand, but what is the glory? What is the glory of God? What's he, what are we saying to him? And here's what I would call maybe an attempt at a definition that I kind of saw when I was studying this. This is from John Piper, and it's, it's good. It says, God's glory, listen to this, God's glory is when the invisible qualities of God are made visible or knowable to us. It's when God's holiness goes public or visible for the world to see. God calls that his glory. When his holiness goes public for the world to see. And when I read that, I was like, that's it. That's where we're at as a church. That's where Glad Tidings is camping right now. More and more, we're making the invisible qualities of God visible to the world around us, visible to the people that sit in here on a Sunday morning, visible to our families. More and more, that's what we're stepping into. We're just radiating God's glory, and I truly believe God is smiling down on us, church. I believe that, I said Wednesday night at prayer, I believe he's kind of camping out with us right now and saying, they're starting to get it. I'm going to stay here. This is where I need to be. Not that he's not everywhere, but when he finds, he roams the earth looking for people that are open. And so I think we've really found a group of people that are saying, yeah, we want more of that. And he's really giving us, giving us that upgrade. And I don't know about you, but I know that I know that I know that I know that I want to be a part of that. Defining God's glory, you know, really, it's almost impossible. And I, he uses this analogy as well that I, I'll, I'll admit I stole it from him. But he talks about describing God's glory as almost like describing the word beauty. More like the word beauty than the word basketball. I know this is kind of weird. Just stick with me. But if I said to you, describe to me what a basketball looks like could very easily tell me, right? It's orange, it's made of leather, you blow it up, you shoot in a basket, whatever. And if I came into a room and I, there was just a smattering of different things on the floor, I could pick out a basketball, easy. But there's some words like beauty that we can't do that with necessarily. There's some words in our vocabulary that we can communicate with, not because we can say them, but because we can see them. We can point to an example of it. And if we point enough times and say enough times together that, you know, that's it, that's it, or that's beauty there, eventually we begin to understand. 
what it is. And the word beauty can be described in that way. Putting it into words is hard, but when we see enough of it, we understand. It's kind of like God's glory. The holiness of God is being in a class by himself. He's in his perfection and his greatness and worth are in a class above everything else, everybody else. He's infinite in those things. His holiness is what he is as God that none of us will ever be. He stands in a different platform. Isaiah had a vision in chapter 6 of the Lord, and, and he says that he saw the Lord sitting him on a throne, high and lifted up. His train of his robe filled the temple, and above him stood the seraphim, and these are angelic beings that just reflect the glory of God to the point where they, they look like they're on fire. That's what the scripture says. Like they're burning up, and I'm like, God, make me a seraphim. I want to be set on fire for you. Not literally, but I just want people to look at me and say, that's the glory of God. I want to be compared to the Grand Canyon. Now, that's weird, I know, but I want people to look at me and say, there's the glory of God. It's all over him. It radiates off of him. When he walks into a room, the room is changed, not because of me, but because God's glory reflects off of me. Come on, church. He goes on to say that the seraphim look at each other, and they call out to each other. And they say, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the other angel's like, I know, holy, holy, he is the Lord God Almighty. Can't you just see it in me? And they just radiate and we need to become like that in this church. A group of seraphim that just reflect the glory of God. And that's why you've heard stories of churches that literally look like they're on fire. I don't know if you've heard those stories, but there are stories in history where churches, fire departments have shown up because they thought the building was on fire. But it was the glory of God radiating out of his people. Come on, church. I want to see that kind of glory. I've never seen this. The Shekinah glory of the Lord necessarily, where he comes and settles as a cloud or as a flame of fire or all of these things you read in scripture or hear about in stories. And I'm like, God, that's, I want to see that. It says we'll never be able to see the true glory of God. We would die, right? Basically, my interpretation. I'm like, God, take me as close to death as you can take me. I'm serious. I want to see more, more. The glory of God is the manifest beauty of his holiness. It's the going public, I love that, of his holiness. It's the way he puts his holiness on display for people to, to truly apprehend it and to understand it. Leviticus 10 and 3 says, God says, I will be shown to be holy. I will be. How? The next line says, among those who are near me. Are you near God this morning? Are you pressing into him? Are you getting closer? Or are you just kind of camping over here and just kind of Ah, that's cool what happened in church this Sunday, you know, see what happens next week, see what Pastor Paul does, or see how Pastor Kristen or Chantel or whoever's on worship works the crowd up, and you know, you're just kind of hanging out, and God said, no, 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 that's not what it's about. Draw close to me, come into church, wanting to be used, expecting to be used, radiating God's glory, and he says, I will be shown to be holy through you that press in and are near me. God's looking for a people church that will join with him in revealing his glory to this lost world. Without him, it's just religion. But that means we're going to have to make some real changes in our lives. And it's not easy, man. It's not easy to eat right. It's not easy to exercise. It's not easy to have spiritual discipline. 
but it's so crucial. And so if we've got to remind you every week and you've got to remind me every time you see me and Wednesday nights we've got to remind each other and it's back and forth like this, then eventually we're going to get there if we encourage each other and press each other along. We need to see more of his glory, to, to know him better. And who would say, yeah, you know what? I've been feeling that. I've been feeling God pressing me into that. And I want to know him more. We, we have to become like Jesus. Isaiah says in verse 40, that, chapter 40, verse 3, when he prophesied about um, the coming of Jesus, he said the glory of God will be revealed in him for all mankind to see. And that's what we're called to be. We're called to be Jesus, to be more like Jesus every day. God help us to be that kind of a people. And for those of us accepted Christ and we've accepted his sacrifice for our sins and have, have yielded our lives to his leadership, we now are united with him, it says in John 17, by his spirit and we share in his glory. Peter says to us that the individual who boldly identifies with Christ and suffers insults for, for our faith, his or her faith, then the spirit of glory rests upon you. It's already there. One reason Jesus came to earth was to reveal his glory to a people. And as followers of Jesus, we must, we must give our entire lives to the glory of God so that he is honored and glorified through us. Today we experience God's glory through the Holy Spirit, right? Through the power and the work of the Spirit, which brings us the presence of God that's just brought near and close to us. We invite Holy Spirit to come. And when the Spirit becomes powerfully active in the church, through the supernatural gifts and ministries, God's glory is then seen and experienced by people in such a way that it's undeniable. It cannot be denied. Pastor Paul talked about it last week, about us operating in the gifts of the Spirit and how important that is. And as a real cool testimony, last Sunday there was a lady sitting in the balcony. And we were singing the song, uh, what was the song? Worthy, worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. And all of a sudden there's just this young man, just, his name just kind of dropped in her heart. And she felt that he was just struggling with feeling like he was worthy. And she said, God, well, we're singing about your worth right now. And God's like, yeah, I know. But what I'm telling you is there's somebody needs to be encouraged today that they are worthy. Despite what they've gone through, despite what they've done, they need to be encouraged that they are worthy. So she looked around, and his father was in the balcony worshiping, and he wasn't sitting with his father. So she thought, okay, maybe he's downstairs. And she looked, and his brother was down here worshiping, but she didn't see him. So then she thought, well, maybe I'll just reach out to him on Facebook. God forgive her. In the middle of church, going on Facebook. So she began to type a message to him just to encourage him. No, no, I think God just kind of checked her. No, he is here. So she left the balcony. This is all during worship. Left the balcony, came down, found him kind of sitting in this posture with his head down. Everybody else is still standing. She tapped him on the shoulder and she said, just, just need you to know God is just telling me right now that you need to know you're worthy. You need to know that it doesn't matter what you've done. He still loves you. He sees you where you are. And that moment, that young man just, just broke, just overwhelmed. Tears began to flow. And here's the cool thing. He said, when you, soon at that moment you touched me on the shoulder, I was thinking that very thought, I'm not worthy of this. God, are you even real? And so it might have been 10 minutes. I don't know the time, but the time it took that person to kind of download that thought, 
process it, look around the room, figure out they're not there, they're not there, go on Facebook, God forgive her. Walk, leave the balcony, walk downstairs. The moment she laid her hand on him was the moment he was thinking that. You think my God's not a big God? You think my God doesn't care about us? You think my God doesn't want to show his glory to us? But you know what, church? It doesn't happen because Pastor Paul gets up here and preaches a great message or we do a great worship set. That's part of it. But it's revealed truly we will see God in a greater way when you guys activate the gifts that are in you and become the church and start ministering to each other. And that moment was, I mean, that he'll probably remember that for the rest of his life. God, you showed up and showed me that. There's no way that that was happenstance. God ordained that. And it was powerful for him, but you know what? It was just as powerful, if not more, for the lady that received that prompting to go and obeyed and just was part of God's handiwork that morning. Oh, there's no greater feeling than walking out God's will and being used by him to bless somebody. No matter where you are in your journey, there's always more. We could just climb the ladder, climb the ladder, until Jesus comes and we still would not reach that point where we know it all, or we've experienced all we can experience in the Holy Spirit. So I just want to encourage you to press in. Let's just see what God will do here. And you know what? I know we, like, we talk a lot about stepping out and going out on the streets and being used in that way. And I, and I believe that that's powerful and we need to do that. But it's, it's not just that. Hearing God's voice and being obedient in a service to encourage a young man was just as important. And maybe you're saying, but yeah, you know what? Even that, even getting up in a service and kind of walking around and saying, I heard this from God, that's a stretch for me. Maybe it is, but I guarantee you that God's got something that he wants you to do, something that he wants to grow you in. He wants to move you. He wants to shake us. It's time for us to get out of our comfort zones and say, God, I trust you with whatever it is you want to do. Reflecting God's glory can be as simple as loving on your kids. And some of you are saying, yeah, that's a stretch for me too. And maybe it is. But I tell you what, Taking time to tell your son or your daughter you love them when they're four and five years old, tucking them into bed and reading them that Bible story over and over again, doing prayers with them, that is showing God's love to them. That's reflecting his glory. That's taking the unseen attributes of God and making them real for your kids. And God honors that. You know what? I've done that countless times. And the reward for me was a month ago seeing my daughter stand in this pulpit and be broken before you, before God, because of the love of God that she saw when she was on a missions trip. And just moved like that's like, oh, God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But it's because I, I've showed God to her. I've reflected it. I've, I've walked it out before her, and now she's walking in it. And I pray she'll never leave it. So wherever, whatever it looks like for you, reflecting God's glory, just say, God, help me to step into it, the small moments, the big moments. Because as the final goal of God's plan for us through salvation and for his followers 
is that we will be brought into God's glorious presence. The scripture says we will share in his glory. In his glory, the scripture says that we will receive a crown of glory. Scripture says our resurrected bodies will show the glory of the risen Christ. Wow, that's what we have to look forward to. That's the hope of the church. But church, I'm staying, what I'm saying this morning is that while I'm here on this earth, I don't know about you, but I'm not content to just stand and stare at the stars or to look at an ocean and say, wow, that's amazing. I want to know the creator of that ocean. I want to know the creator intimately, the one who made all things. You can know him as your best friend and you can walk out this life with him. I don't know. There's just something. Can you feel it this morning? There's just something in us deep down in our gut that says we were made for this. We were made to do this. We were. And I know some of us are probably sitting here this morning, a crowd of this size, or some of us are just totally, yeah, whatever, disinterested, just waiting for the service to be over, waiting for the next thing, what's for lunch. But my prayer is that as you come to these services, as you come and be a part of what God's doing at Glad Tidings, that there will be evidence of God's manifested holiness, of his glory every time we gather together, and we'll be able to point to it and say, yeah, that's it right there. That's it right there. That's God's glory right there. And because you've seen it enough times, because you've been moved by it so many times, you'll get to the point where you will realize that, yes, I too was made for that. I too want that. That's why I exist. Spiritual transformation. It doesn't occur by us coming to God and giving him all the excuses why we're not worthy. I haven't read the word enough. I still struggle with this sin or... God, I just, I'm, I'm so full of anxiety, or I can't trust you. I stress out about everything. Or God is saying no. Second Corinthians, as we wrap up real quick, it says, and we all, as Christians, we all, with unveiled face, so seeing clearly, are beholding the glory of of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image of the Son, one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Do we need to strive to make this happen? No. Do we need to do a, a list of to-dos? Do, 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 do. No. God says no. It's not a step-by-step -step process, but organic growth, just resting in what God has called us. Not what he's called us to, what God has called us. He's called us sons and daughters of the King. The Almighty. And He has promised us that He will make us more of what we already are. If we could just realize who we are in Christ and just step into that, step into it more and more, and God will just begin to go radiate out of us. This is so different, really, from, from anything else in life, right? Society. Demands us to do more, be more, strive for more, be perfect in all things, climb the ladder of success. And those things aren't necessarily bad, but God says, that is not my economy. You just rest in my finished work and look and behold the glory of God. Can we stand together? We were supposed to do some things this morning that I'll probably get in trouble for later, but that's okay.
Pastor Spencer is preaching next Sunday. Come back, be challenged by our new youth pastor. And he was like, it'd be great if I could get up this morning and just be on the platform and get a comfort. It's not happening, sorry, man. He was going to talk about a movie that we're showing on the 26th and the 27th, Unplanned. You've probably heard about all the, the back and forth about that movie. Well, we're showing it here two nights. You can get tickets today. We won't show you the trailer. You can go watch it yourself, but it's a powerful movie. And if you would be so kind as part of worship, just to, if you have offering and tie this morning, you can just give it to the ushers on the way out. Counters, I'm sorry, we'll count it for you later. But this morning I just felt God saying, man, I just if the people could just understand who they are in me and begin to press into me, there's so much that I want to show you, so much I want to show you as a church. And so if you're here this morning, as we just wrap up with a few moments of just yielding to God and to his Holy Spirit, if you're here and you're one of those people that you don't know Christ, and you know that you don't know him, and you're sitting here this morning and something is just kind of churning inside of you and there's this longing to be, to be set free, to be washed clean, to get the junk out, to begin to start to wipe the mirror clean so you can radiate the glory of God. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something a little bolder than we usually do. Sometimes we ask you to raise a hand, but there's times that we miss the hands. And it's not that God can't save you and change your life and it's not about us seeing you. It's about God seeing you. But I'd love for you, if you're here this morning and you want to receive Christ, just as we begin to worship again, just would you come and stand at the altar? Just as a sign that, you know what, I'm stepping out for him. And there are people that will come and they'll pray with you and we'll love on you and we'll help you to the next step in, in your relationship with Christ. But if that's you, just come. When we start the worship, just come. And then for the rest of us that are here this morning, we're not going to dismiss you. When you feel to go, you're free to go. But I just think we need to take a moment to maybe just renew our commitment to Christ to say, God, I want to see you more. I want to be a part of what you're doing at Glad Tidings. I want to be a part of radiating your glory for the community around me to see. So that's the way we're going to close, just worshiping together, quietly around the altar if you want to come and just yield yourself. If you're saying, I want to be able to be trusted with the upgrade that God has spoken over this church, then I ask you to come. Just yield yourself to him. Would you do that? Because something we can sing. Sing holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy. Oh, come on, let's worship him this morning. Lord God, early in the morning our song shall
you're coming this morning and you're coming for salvation, would you come and just stand? Brother, are you here this morning to give your heart to Christ? Young man right here. Let's rejoice. All heaven rejoices when someone comes to give their heart to God. The best decision of your life, my friend. Another lady just came and gave her heart to the Lord. Come on, church. This is the glory of the Holy Spirit radiating in this house. Come on, press into Him. Press into Him. Press into Him.